It's only yours, only yours, not just in your bodies. And if you ever leave, then you'll never go on. Nobody, nobody loves. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost sniffing at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by your choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe How's mm -hmm. too many Seasons bright Tiny tots With their eyes all aglow Will find it hard To sleep tonight They know that Santa's on his way He's loaded lots of toys And goodies for his sleigh
listening to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday afternoon. Now I'm super excited to welcome back on the program our very first guest of today. In the next 15 minutes or so, we're chatting with Sonali Figueres, the founder of Green Queen, which is a health and sustainability online media platform, and we'll be chatting about eco-friendly ways and a sustainable Christmas. Hi, Sonali. Welcome back on the program. How are you doing? I'm really well. It's 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 exciting that you know tomorrow's Christmas Eve. I'm very very ready for a nice celebration. It's been a strange and challenging year for everyone. Yeah, that's right. And I know um, it's so great to be chatting with you. It's been we were just saying it's been a, a few months since I've had you on the program, um, and it's so timely to have this chat, of course. And because earlier this month uh, you also published an article uh, on ways to have an eco-friendly Christmas, and we've only got two days before Christmas, so maybe our listeners um, can hear some of your wisdom on how to plan for a more uh, sustainable festive season. Um, first of all, well, get- yeah, sorry, go on. I was just going to say, well, it's since a lot of parents are probably like kind of a, at the last minute, like 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 me and lots of people. Right. As we scramble, it's there are still ways that you can kind of really reduce waste and like and rethink a few things, um, especially, for example, around wrapping paper. The stats on wrapping paper waste are pretty scary. And most people don't realize but most wrapping paper can't be recycled um, because of how it's printed and and the, the inks. And so I really, um, one thing that I'm doing is I went and found some Christmas fabrics at the, at the you know, at, at a fabric market. I would suggest in Hong Kong that be Sham Shui Po or the Western market. And I basically am wrapping the gifts in, in, in fabric. Um, I, did ha- I did have a plan to make my own fabric bags <laughs> and kind of relearn how to use a sewing machine. But this, uh, this kind of running around like a crazy person mom did not make it in time. So that will be next year. Um, the other thing I really want to suggest is, you know, Christmas is a time where we all make a lot of recipes, you know, and especially with everything going on with the virus, I think a lot of us are going to eat at home. And what a lot of us tend to do is when we're following a recipe, we tend to kind of go to the store and buy every ingredient. So I guess I want to challenge people to, you know, do you need the extra ingredient that you're missing? Is it worth buying one thing that you're only going to use once a year and then it's going to sit in your kitchen cupboard? Like maybe try and be a little flexible and kind of make do with what you already have. And and that's kind of a way to reduce waste. And then, of course, when you do go grocery shopping, if you can go to the bulk stores, go to the wet markets, you know, um, avoid kind of buying single use things. Absolutely. I think well said. Um, I was just saying earlier because I, I went on James Ross's show to say who's going to come on the program and, and, I, and you were going to come on to suggest some eco-friendly ways to have Christmas. And one of them, one of the things we talked about was wrapping paper. And, you know, back in the day, I, you know, James was saying he remembers his mother sort of being really careful and wrapping those paper and then reusing it again. And of course, you know, my, mon- my mother-in-law uses tea towels and it's a brilliant way because people will use these tea towels in the kitchen or in the bathroom to, I don't know, wipe their hands and, and whatnot. And you're using fabric. And these are terrific ways um, because Christmas wrapping is actually really, really bad. It can't be recycled. Um, yeah, most of it cannot. There, there, there are oh, a some, few yeah. solutions, but honestly, most of it cannot. And, and let's be honest, the reusing wrapping paper when you have toddlers is not going to work because they kind of, you know, you know, rip everything apart. So that has never, has not really worked on my, on my end. Um, also just, I, 
I'm trying to gift secondhand. So I've, I've, I found, you know, secondhand books, a few secondhand outfits. We're lucky to have places like Rebook and Retycle. Um, there's loads of places where you can also kind of get a secondhand um, gifts for adults as well. You know, like a lot of the, the secondhand fashion shops have, you know, um, bags or, or, or wallets or things like that. So there's that. And also just the other thing is maybe gift experiences rather than things. I think we all have too much stuff. And I think we've all realized that stuff doesn't make us happy. So I just think we have to kind of rethink a little bit, you know, what Christmas means. And I, I think for me, it means like the shared moment with the family, enjoying some nice home cooked food. It's really not about the, you know, the gift tearing up, you know? Absolutely. Um, and one thing that struck me, I suppose this year people won't be having as many gatherings. Well, I, I hope not. I hope people aren't throwing massive uh, Christmas parties and, and doing their part uh, to social distance. Um, at the same time, that there will be small gatherings and, and sometimes uh, people don't have enough cutlery. And I've been to parties before where people do sort of have single-use plastics um, for cutlery and, and plates. Are there other alternatives where people can, you know, use other things other than and plastic? Um, well, I guess I would say ask your host if there's anything you can bring that would help minimize use plastics. So I guess, but if the gatherings are small, hopefully people have enough forks, but if they, if they don't kind of bring your own or offer to bring things, you know, so that they're reusable. Otherwise, obviously go around with a reusable kind of utensils container with a pair of chopsticks, a straw, you know, spoon, knife, and fork. I mean, that's kind of standard if you want to live a little bit of a zero-waste life. I carry um, one with me at all times in my bag, just in exactly, case. Exactly, along with like a water bottle and, you know, a napkin. Um, but I think, yeah, if you're going to someone's house, I mean, it, it can get a little tricky because, you know, some hosts are kind of more particular about what they want. Um, but I, I don't know. I haven't been to too many places where they use single-use plastic cutlery at home, but otherwise kind of definitely have a check-in with the host you know and and get their idea but i think you also have to be a gracious guest and if that's the situation maybe you can offer to uh collect all the cutlery and wash it and then recycle it yeah. now that we have many more recycling points like the greenet community stores that have started opening up to, to which to the get government has paid for so it's it's a little bit easier to recycle than it used to be and you can you can be sure that it's going to a recycler as opposed to the regular recycling bins where we uh, don't know we're not well, that where, exactly where it could land up in, in the in the landfill. I've got something in my eye. I know I'm, I'm not supposed to touch my eye, but something just flew in into <laughs> my eye. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but very quickly, I, I remember, I think it was two years ago, you came on the program and I think you said something that really uh, struck me. And that is, I think you've stopped gifting people with things that are made of plastic or plastic bottles or something like that. Because I remember one year I just received so many plastic bottles, uh, water bottles. And I think I mentioned it to you and you were like, yep, I think you've stopped gifting people with plastic stuff or plastic bottles and that's that made me more mindful because it's true sometimes you want to fill the stocking or you're giving things for the sake of giving and actually that's mm. 
that's really a negative thing because people don't have the space to store these things. A lot of the times it'll go back to the re-gift pile. I was making that point about real estate is expensive in Hong Kong to find like, you know, how many shelves do you have in your house to actually put these plastic bottles that you get for the for the nth time during Christmas? I know. And that's why a lot of what, what, what I concentrate on now is instead of giving the tips, I think we all know most of the tips, but it's kind of rewiring our thoughts to value things that are not things, you know? And I think there is this kind of expectation that Christmas comes with giving gifts and filling stockings and putting lots of things under the tree and, and, and even what a tree is, you know? So, so this year I finally got my dream tree, which is we made our tree out of books. Oh, wow. Terrific. And I've, you know, I've been wanting to do that for years, but it just like, I don't know, didn't, didn't happen. And, you know, I still feel like my, my child is getting a Christmas experience. It's just not using a, a dead tree, you know? And I think the problem is, I think there is this kind of like, oh, well, if you don't do Christmas the traditional way, then, you know, you're kind of a Grinch. But I, I think it's about kind of having new, creating new traditions, doing things differently. Um, I made an advent calendar out of old Lycee packets. Brilliant. And stuck it on the wall, which was really fun. Um, and I think, I guess my little guy is small, so he doesn't know any different. But I think for for other people, just really kind of not associating Christmas with getting stuff is really that connection needs to break. That's right. I think one year we made a Christmas tree out of our vacuum cleaner, just sort of stuck it upright, and we and we double sided and we double sided taped some hangers on it because the hangers would make the sort of Christmas tree, um, I don't know, the shoulder of it would sort of come out like a Christmas like Christmas tree leaves, and we just stuck I think about four of them, <laughs> and as an optical illusion, it kind of looked like um, a Christmas tree from afar. Our, our vacuum cleaner's green, so well this year. We were, <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I've never heard of that. But I like that idea. I also saw on uh, one of my friends on Facebook, they put up a post of they made a Christmas tree out of all their board games. Brilliant. Wow, which that's... is such a cool idea, right? It really is. So creative in, in, indeed. So that's the thing. Like, instead of giving each other stuff, why not spend time with your kids and do and create, you know, these kind of homemade Christmas things um, that that's also a memory and a tradition forged, right? Exactly. Absolutely. And they might grow up thinking that, you know, it's weird, but then they'll look back thinking, wow, our parents were so cool making trees <laughs> out of books and hangers and, and vacuum cleaners, a definite. But I mean, ch point. children are so open to, you know, whatever energy you put out. So if you're putting out an energy of fun and Christmas and celebration done the eco way, they're not going to they're not going to feel any different. They're not going to judge us yet. Um, not yet. Maybe when they're teenagers, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and one thing that really struck me, you, you mentioned just now, was a, a dead Christmas tree. And I think this year, people are loving to get real Christmas trees. It was I, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, this year has been such a you know terrible year. It's like the only way to cheer us up. Um, and it seems like such a big market to have to, to buy a real Christmas tree. Um, what are your thoughts on a real Christmas tree? And is it really less wasteful than having a plastic Christmas tree in the long run? Um, it really depends where the plastic tree is sourced from and where the, the Christmas tree is sourced from and, and in terms of carbon footprint. Um, in general, a lot of our trees come from 
here in Hong Kong come from Washington state or something like that, which is really far. Um, so I would think that's not very carbon efficient. Um, and also there are some companies now that do really lifelike reusable, like kind of plastic trees. But if you're going to reuse it for, you know, 10 years or 20 years, then I think for me, that makes that that's a, that's a moment when plastic might make sense. Um, you know, some people say, oh, well, it's the smell of Christmas. Well, I mean, you could get a candle or you could, you know, use essential oils. It doesn't have to come from the, the pine itself. Um, somebody else uh, suggested there was a florist um, that suggested if you wanted to do a kind of a Christmassy feeling to get a Chinese pine that's potted. So then you can keep the tree the whole year. So I was thinking of maybe next year looking at that. Yeah. Um, so then you're not just like ending up with all these kind of dead trees at, at you know at come the first of Jan that all need to get taken down. Um, it's a hard one. I think people love Christmas trees. Um, again, it's about the expectations and the rewiring of how we think. And I think for me, you know, my family's young, so I'm getting to create new traditions. So that's what I focus on. But I understand that it's it's a hard one. And, and yes, all the trees were sold out. And then and after that, the few that were left were going for crazy amounts because everyone is obviously here. Exactly. This year, people aren't, aren't flying away. I must admit, I think I'm too cheap to buy a real Christmas tree. This year, I've finally um, invested in a, in a plastic Christmas tree, but I, I plan, well, I hope it sort of lasts me forever. It's, it's quite small, so it's not very big. So there's always room for the vacuum cleaner Christmas tree to come back next year alongside this, this plastic one. Um, one thing I want to talk about is also food. Um, you know, Christmas and Thanksgiving or Chinese New Year, all, all these festive seasons seems like a, a, a time where people indulge and they eat a lot and sometimes there's a, a large amount of food waste and also the type of food we eat as well. How can we have a more sustainable um, festive season? So obviously I'm going to say, unsurprisingly, try and reduce animal foods as much as possible. Meat, dairy, seafood, eggs. Like, well, I think the great thing about a lot of traditional Christmas meals is that other than the main roast which is either a ham or a turkey depending on what you pr prefer most of the sides are vegan friendly it's just about making a few substitutions getting vegan butter or things like that so that's pretty good um i've managed to convince my family to to do a literally 95 percent vegan christmas so i'm really happy Whoa, um there 95%. will be chicken 95 yeah we managed to get it down to just a small chicken um, rather than a turkey. So that's the first time in a long time we won't have a turkey, which is great. But it's also because, guess what? Most people are not going to eat the turkey. So then we thought, well, like my mom agreed, what was the point? Yeah. And um, mo the rest of the meal is going to be vegan. I'm making um, a couple of exciting things. I'm making an impossible um, uh, beef wellington. Oh, wow. I'm making a butternut, a stuffed butternut squash so i i had them in my in my vegetable delivery so let's see i don't know how they're going to work out but th those are going to be new traditions of mains that we that we focus on um got myself a lot of uh artisanal cheeses from you know some of the best brands in hong kong we we now have quite a few local cheese artisanal vegan cheese makers that are really really good and so where our cheese board is going to look really nice um so that's kind of what what I went with. Um, and then, of course, waste-wise, I mean, I think the good thing about Christmas food is 
um, you can you can eat it as leftovers for a while. So it's not necessarily I don't I, I, we've never had a lot of Christmas waste in, in terms of that. Um, I also don't want to really tell people not to indulge because I think it's been such a tough year that I totally understand that with all the restrictions and all the limitations, like I understand that most people want to have a really hearty, delicious Christmas meal. But yes, if it can be as animal foods free as possible, this is really positive. And leftover, there are so many fun ways to use leftovers. So basically put your leftovers in any type of bread or sandwich or pita or bao that you want and you've got an amazing meal, right? Absolutely. And and there are ways to, to have a hearty meal via going vegan as well. I mean, through you, I feel really inspired by you and, and a lot of the eco-warriors who come on the 123 show. Uh, we, we try to go green at the household about twice a week. Uh, green Monday and Green Friday is, is usually the, the, the thing. Oh, okay. um, and until recently, I, I never really tried uh, impossible mints before. We always use the Omni pork to make Chinese Chinese dishes. Um, but then one time we're like, well, we have spaghetti bolognese every week. Why don't we just try and use the, the Beyond Mints? And it was incredible. It really, really was um, amazing. So I, I look forward to sort of trying it out with different recipes, maybe making a chili or making nachos. Yeah. Yeah, was it was it the Beyond Mints or the Impossible Mints? Uh, it was it was the Impossible. I, I couldn't buy any right. Beyond Mints. I couldn't find any. So okay, yeah, because you're in you're in Kennedy Town, and, and now Impossible is available at the supermarket at, at at Fusion Park and Shops. Yeah, which is super right. exciting. Yeah, um, yeah there's there's so much you can do with with these with these products, and I think it really helps people who are really connected to eating um, meat. And it really helps them have that similar texture and that similar taste, but also giving vegans and vegetarians and just like flexitarians an option. Yeah. I mean, my heart sank a little bit when when it was so expensive, but then I thought, oh, okay, well, I'm doing it for the planet. I'm doing it for my health. So as I was cooking it, I realized, wow, this impossible mince isn't shrinking. And I thought, wow, that's that's value for money as I was sort of mixing it in because mince beef sort of shrinks as you cook it. But with the impossible mince, it sort of stays the same size and it doesn't. (laughs) No one's ever made that observation before to me. That's a good one. Okay. So, I love it. So I thought it may be more expensive, but I'm getting sort of more for my buck. <laughs> Look, I, I I know we're talking a lot about an eco Christmas, but if you'll give me a minute to just, um, so I've been joking that, you know, 2020 has been the year of COVID, but also uh, the year that, you know, alternative protein really went mainstream. And, you know, the price of Impossible today is not the price that it will be tomorrow. And there's just been huge advancements in the space of sustainably produced um, food that has a a, a fraction, you know, often over 90% less of carbon emission footprint than animal foods. And I think the, the connection has been made for most people. And there are now, you know, hundreds of startups across the world that are really working on making our food system more sustainable, more resilient, more climate friendly. And it's really been the year that food has gone global and you you will have more options in the grocery store very soon. They will be cheaper. They will be even better than, than what's out there today. And it's just a really exciting time because for the, for, you know, for all of us who've been in this industry for a long time, we've been waiting for this moment and it's finally here. So I feel already, so I mean, if you look at the stats in Britain, um, which is a very exciting place to be vegan and flexitarian, you know, every major supermarket has vegan Christmas dishes on on their shelves. 
And I think that's going to be the case for the whole world, you know, next year. And that's so exciting. Well, Sonali, it's such a pleasure to, to speak to you again uh, today. And I wish you and your family a great Christmas and, and a great 2021. Can you remind our listeners once again, how can we find out more about you and your work? And of course, about Green Queen. Have you got a website and um, social media? We're at greenqueen.com.hk at greenqueenhk for social media. Thank you so much, Noreen. And everyone listening, be safe and be joyful and have a rest and safe holidays. Happy holidays, everyone. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas, Sonali. Bye for now. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Bye.